This is the Perfectly Mentored Podcast with your host, Jason Portnoy. We are live. Hi, Megan. Hello. You know, it's funny, you and I, we always do our little preamble before we go live, we start chatting, and then we do it again after we go live. And it always sounds like so like fake. So <laughs> no preamble before this. <laughs> We're yeah. just jumping right in. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm good. Thank you. Good weekend. It was a good weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's good. Family's good. Everybody's good. How's the baby doing? It's good. Still hate sleep but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but get there. things are get, things are getting better yeah we're almost out of it we're almost i mean almost in the in the, the moment where we could start like sleep training and and yeah and whatnot got another like month and a half left to do that but but we're here and we got questions this week and yeah. we got people who need help and people um who want to grow their business, expand their life, and they want to get better, and they hope that I am the answer. And sometimes I can be, and sometimes I can't be. So hopefully on today's episode, I can be. All right. Should we get right into it? If you got it? any questions, put them in the comments below. Sorry, I got to do this whole like thing. Sorry. Okay. Put You're all a little ticker on. If you have any questions, put them in the comments below. Megan will go through it. She'll ask the questions. Um and then one day the goal is to do this like live in person and you all come and you could all ask your questions, line up at the microphone, ask me, and I will stay for hours to make sure everyone's answered. Uh, but for now, let's go. Okay. Okay. All right. Our first question is from Josh. As a newer entrepreneur, how seriously should I look into getting a business license or trademark do i need these things just starting out i'm no accountant or or lawyer uh but you're gonna want to probably you're pro what's that sound hold on i don't i like hear something coming through my like i like i was just i put in my other earphone and i just started uh -huh. did you hear that I don't think so. Uh -uh. That was the weirdest thing. I put in my other earphone and then I just started hearing like some podcasts like that I was listening to. Oh, that's happened to me before. Yeah, that's a thing. And it's kind of trippy. Are you still connected like, with your... It doesn't matter, but like one is totally fine and the other is not. All right, we're going to go one AirPod. So if you're watching this, this is the reason why I have one AirPod in my ear. And it's like, it looks very weird. That's why I decided to put another one in pure aesthetics. But anyways, let's go. Let's go into it. Uh, look, I'm no accountant, no lawyer, but I do believe there are definitely tax benefits for you to be, uh, to, for you to open up a corporation, LLC, S-Corp uh, in the States or get incorporated in Canada or wherever you live. There's definitely benefits for you to be able to do that from a tax point of view. Also depends how much money you're gonna make. Trademarks are a little bit different. If you believe you have something that's worth trademarking uh, and you have, let's say a slogan or a name or something that's like so impactful and you really wanna, you really believe you're gonna turn that into millions then yeah, you could trademark it. I don't, I'm not 100% certain on the law but I, I believe that even if you don't trademark right away, it goes to first use. 
So even if you trademarked it tomorrow, but I could show that I've been using that term longer than you, you'll you'll like even if you got the trademark, I could reverse that. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure that that's a thing, or at least in Canada. Um, so I don't know about trademarking, but definitely opening up a business. However, you know, aside from the tax benefits, people get so bogged down on the on the little details of starting a business. Go out and actually prove that people want your stuff first. So you're going to get bogged down. There's going to be a list of things to do. Oh, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to make millions. Here's how I'm going to do it. Here's my list list. I'm going to go do all these things. And then no one ever wants yourself. So you just open up a corporation for no reason. No one wants it. No one's buying it. And then a week later, you're out of business. So um, go get proof of concept first. That's the most important thing. Awesome. Okay. Uh, this one, it's from Gary. What are the potential advantages and disadvantages of a partnership in my business? I mean, what are the pros and cons of being married, right? Like, the, I, like, like one is you get to build something big with somebody, you get to do it together, you share the workload, you get to go do it and you get to go bigger. And, you know, uh, I need to go do something. My wife can handle the kids. My wife needs to go do something. I can handle the kids. You, you share that load. Uh, however, over 50% of marriages end in divorce. So, you know, picking the right person becomes the most important thing. So the con the cons are, and I actually, I would actually argue in business, it's probably worse. It's, it's easier to get out of a marriage than it is to get out of business partnership. So you should be way more uh, picky about who you're doing, who you let in as a partner and whatnot. However, the problem is people start thinking they become too defensive and they start looking for everything and then they don't make a decision and they don't grow and they feel they could do it on their own. Uh, I have no partners, but I've had businesses where I did have a partner and, and it was fine. Uh, you know, do I believe you could grow faster if you had a partner? Yeah, I could see that, but, but it's, it's less from the fact of like, Oh, I think we could go conquer more stuff together. And it's more that, we could each take turns taking breaks and we could each check out for a bit and come back refreshed each check out and come back refreshed, which allow you to scale a little bit better. But I just, I just work my schedule as if I had a partnership, right? So, you know, this Megan that once a quarter, I take seven days off. I've learned that from one of my mentors, Taylor, and, you know, and I try to take three days off in a row every single month so that I come back refreshed. So I try to do that, um, which is, you know, could I do that longer if I had a partner? For sure. Um, and I think a lot of people, the biggest mistakes people make with partnership is they, they take a partner that shares the same strength as they have. So I would only take on a partner if they completely took off like a load off my plate, like things that I really hated. Like let's say they were really, really good at organizational stuff and operational side of things and i'm a visionary and they were a solid integrator right that's that's a partnership two visionaries don't really work two integrators don't really work so you got to be careful on who you take on as a partner um the next question that comes from that is family and friends are they a good partnership you know people say don't go into business with family don't 
do business with friends. Yeah, you could look for the negative in any situation, but I know businesses that people run with their brother or their sister or and 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 do really well. I know people who are best friends and they run businesses together really well. So you could always look at a minority situation and sit there and say, that's going to be the norm. Uh, but that's not the way to go into it. So, I mean, obviously, those are kind of the pros and cons. Uh, the cons are that if it doesn't work out, you're really, really stuck. And what happens is like the business really gets affected. And if you have a team, those people play into it. It's like the kids in a marriage, they get affected. Um, but yeah. Okay. That's my answer. All right. Perfect. If I had to do it all over again, I would probably, I would probably, I would probably look for a partner. Okay. I would have, I would have grown faster because again, not because I think the partner does a lot of like, you just could scale with, I, I just, I would have ha not done the things that I didn't like. But then again, if I didn't do the things I, I didn't like, I wouldn't have known how to do them. So that's a good anyway. point. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. How do you create a strong call to action that drives results in a marketing campaign? And that is from Sarah. Hey, Jason here. I hate to interrupt this episode. I'm, you're probably enjoying it so much right now. And thank you for paying attention to it and tuning into this episode. Look, the truth is I really need a favor from you. We really want to keep getting this in the hands of more and more people. So if you could do me a favor and head on over and leave a five-star review, leave us a review, leave us some comments, share it with friends, spread the love. It would mean the world to me as well. Continue the conversation with me on Instagram at Jason Portnoy. Follow along there. Look forward to seeing you there. Thank you so much. Now let's get back to the episode. Uh, the call to action. I mean, if everything done above the call to action works, the call to action could actually be pretty weak, to be honest. Uh, okay. If your hook is good and you could get them, keep in mind, in order to get to the call to action, they have to look at everything else. Mm -hmm. So step one in marketing is they need to stop what they're doing and actually pay attention to what you're doing. That's creative. That's the hook. That's the headline. That's if they're watching a video, the opening 10 seconds, opening three seconds, um, do you capture their attention and are they going to listen? Everything after that is you selling them pretty much mm -hmm. and you showing them about the, the, the benefits or the benefits of the benefits and calling them out and why they should want to do business with you and why they should be interested in what you have to sell. And the call to action could literally be learn more by now. Um, you know, yeah, there's urgency when it comes to like last like urgency and scarcity. So you could always be like, there's only a day left, uh, only 13 copies left, um, or only three more before we raise the prices. Mm -hmm. And you could do kind of like that urgency and scarcity type thing. But the truth is the call to action really depends on everything that you put into the hook and the copy and, and the copy. Okay. So look at a Facebook ad, for example, the call to action there is shop now, learn more, right? Yeah. Like, those are the call to actions. Those aren't like crazy call to actions, yeah. but everything else above that should, should do the trick. Okay. So it's not so much the actual call to action. It's hooking them with. It's more important to have. A, so, so people don't really make the mistakes on the call to action. It's everything that comes before that or not having a call to action at all. So they'll write okay. this really great post, a really great, really great ad, whatever it is, and then there's no call to action. 
So it's like, I'm the best coach in the world. You know, we're helping a million people generate results and everything like that. And then it's like, thanks. (laughs) We're going to keep getting clients (laughs) results instead of like, Hey, if you want to potentially get those results, click here, Mm -hmm. book a call with me, jump on this call. Now, there are some times where you don't want to call to action. You're deliberately doing that because you want people to start asking. Mm-hmm. Or you want the comments to start getting filled with people who you've helped being like, yeah, it helped. And then those become the real marketing. Those become the ad, the testimonials being like, yeah. yeah, I've worked with Jason. He's the best. He's great. You know, his team is great minus that Megan character. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, but for the most part, like, I think one of the mistakes is people don't use call to actions enough. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. This question is from Brandon. I'm starting out running ads for my own business. Which should I start with first? Google ads or Facebook ads? What do you recommend? I feel like we've answered this question so many times already. Uh, Depends. Depends, 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 right? Like, are you a restaurant? Probably start with, I mean, I'd probably start with Google ads. You know, like you want to pop up when people are looking for pizza shops because intent is high. At the same time, if your goal is like awareness and you want to get in front of people, Facebook ads, mm-hmm. right? It's like, it's different. It's different intent on each one of these platforms. The high Google's higher intent because they're actively looking for you. Facebook is lower intent because you're going to them and you're disrupting. You're disrupting their day. Ads are annoying because they're not looking for you, right? If you think about it, it's why people hate TV commercials. It's like, man, just get back to the show, right? And the ones that are not annoying provide some sort of entertainment while you're watching. Right. So you're okay, you know, not doing it. And now that with like we have binge watching and 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 you know PBRs and all all those stuff, uh like like we skip commercials. So trust me, like if if Facebook offered like 99 cents a month that you could never see an ad, <laughs> we we marketers would be in a big problem. They would have a big problem because they would need to start inserting themselves somewhere else. Like it would have to be like organic posts and they'd have to turn that into ads and they'd have to hire influencers to start posting for them as well so that they're seen all over the place. They'd find a way. Um, That's what good marketers do. But for the most part, ads are annoying. No one likes your ad. And we run ads and we spend millions of dollars a year on the platform, on on platforms, right? Running ads. No one likes it. No one sits there and says, how many ads, like wakes up, opens up their feed and be like, all right, how many ads can I look at today? (laughs) No, you're disrupting what they're doing. So come in from that empathy side of things of like, hey, we're disrupting their day. We're going into what they're they're doing, they're on their way, they're looking for something, they're trying to see whose birthday it is today so that they could message people. Like, you know, they're, they're scrolling, we're inserting ourselves into there. So that's why we have to make it look native. That's why we have to make it compelling enough so that they want to stop scrolling and look at it. Um, but yeah, I, you're starting a business, I think you need awareness. So I mean, I'd probably go with Facebook ads. Again, just the intent. You have to you have to understand all these platforms. Um, 
play a role, but if, you know, if you just want to get in front of people who've never even heard you exist and, and, and tell them about your business, Facebook ads over Google ads. What if you're an e-commerce store? What would you uh, Facebook ads. Facebook ads. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't love Google ads for e-commerce. Like, that's okay. the truth. I, I think, I think once you hit a certain scale, it's worth it to have. I mean, you should always be bidding on your own name. So like branded search, you should always have your own name so that if someone does see an ad and they search you, you pop up and you're, and you're there. But aside from that, I think too many e-commerce brands way too early uh, diversify their money too quickly. So, which means they pull their money from a Facebook budget and put it towards Google. Uh, when in reality, they're not suffering from a demand recapture issue. They're suffering from a, I don't know who you are issue. And okay. if they don't know who you are, they can't do business with you. So, I mean, if I was like, we build brands all the time. So if we're starting from scratch, Facebook ads over, over Google ads. So e-commerce is the same way. You're selling something. Mm -hmm. Right, you have to think where the intent is high. So, you know, if you're going to a bar, you want to introduce yourself to every single person and say, This is what I sell, this is what I sell, this is what I sell. Or you're walking to a trade show, you say, This is what I sell. That's like Facebook ads on scale. Okay, okay, now it's time for my question of the week. Um, what is one of the best ways you use? or methods that you use to hold yourself accountable in your business goals? Uh, my routine does a good job of that. My routine does a good job of that. Uh, just, you know, how I structure my mornings and how I do things. And I'll be honest with you, this was an issue that, you know, I worked on with a coach actually and, and looking at things and I'm, I'm going to share something that they said, which I'll leave with it. And I won't tell you necessarily where like that. I believe a hundred percent in it or whatnot, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. We were talking about accountability and my coach said, accountability is a joke. And I said, what do you mean? He says, you don't need accountability. I said, what are you talking about? He says, you, you, it's a, it's a, it's a motivation issue, right? Like if I told you right now, Megan, lift a car, do you think you could lift the car? Um, absolutely not. <laughs> what if Savannah was trapped under the car? Savannah's Megan's daughter, by the way. I would hope I could lift that car. I might need some help. <laughs> but but you but you see what I, I mean, right? I would try like, my hardest. Yeah. You, you, but you but you but you see what I mean a little bit, right? Like, like there's yeah, there's a there's a there's there's some sort of like it, you go out and do it. So now let, let me put it this way. So the problem with that is it's it's clear, right? Someone's there. You're gonna go in. Fire a building on fire. You're running in. Right. So. The way to look at accountability, he, he told me, was if I told you every day, like if you're like, I'm like, Megan, if you keep eating cheeseburgers every single day, 
you're going to die. Like I'm a doctor, mm-hmm. Dr. Jason. I'm a marketing doctor, but but in this case, I'm a health doctor, Do- mm-hmm. business doctor. But now I'm a, a real doctor in, in this story. If I told you, Megan, if you keep eating what you're eating like this every single day, and you're like, I love cheeseburgers. I can't. No, I'm going to have one every day. I'm like, listen, if you continue eating the cheeseburger every single day, you are going to die, and you will not walk Savannah down the aisle. If you need accountability to make sure you never eat another cheeseburger, you're a loser. And potentially a very shitty parent. Right? Mm -hmm. And that was the answer that they gave me. That was what my coach said to me. If you need that, right? If you're like, okay, well, then I need to hire someone to make sure I never eat a cheeseburger again. I need accountability. I need someone to check in on me every day. The loser. The, the problem isn't the accountability. The problem is the drive and the why isn't mm-hmm. strong enough. Isn't isn't strong enough. Now, on the flip side, I'll tell you that going to the gym, I hate it. If I hire a trainer, that's not holding me accountable. It's more, it's more. It's less the accountability and more that I don't like paying for something and not getting benefit from it. So if I'm paying you yeah. and I don't show up, then I'm I'm stuck paying you. So so it's more me putting my money where my mouth is so I actually go do the work. But right. it's still a form of accountability. And it's because my why isn't strong enough. Like like I haven't attached I haven't attached it. So I get the need for accountability at times. There is that need. But that's the way to look at accountability. And, and for the most part, I said I wouldn't tell you what I believe. I believe that's 100% true what he ta- taught me. Now, it's harder to put that into practice and whatnot. But if, if I am say I'm going to do something and I go through the days and it's like it's not getting done, it's not getting done, man, I need Megan to message me every single day and say, are we moving closer to this? Are we moving closer to this? Are we moving and I'm still not doing it, then I got to just take a step back and be like, do do I even want this? So that's my two cents on accountability. What do you think? You buy into that? I, I would buy into that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I guess every situation is different, but no, that definitely makes a lot of sense. So I am happy with that answer, Jason. <laughs> That's yeah, a good one. Good. good. Well, um, if you want to be happy with your answers that you get from me, you have to submit a question. And in order to do so, put them in the comments below, email Megan, message me, do whatever you need to do. But we're here to help every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. We are here with the Ask Jason Show. Megan, as always, thank you so much. And we will see you all soon. Hey everyone, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you for your attention. And if you made it this far, you're clearly somebody who wants to take their business to the next level. You want to get better. And I understand that being an entrepreneur sometimes can feel like a little bit of a lonely journey, which is why being part of a thriving community of like-minded people is just so important. It was super helpful in my own development as well. And as is the ability to instantly get answers to the questions you may have in order to grow and scale your business. It's for that reason why I launched a consulting coaching program called the Market Domination Method. And guess what? If you're listening to this and you hear this, 
We're open for applications right now for new members to join. So to request an invitation or to book a free diagnostic call, call it a game plan call. I'll literally sit with you and demonstrate the value that we could bring to your business on that call. Let's jump on a call. Uh, we'll discuss ways you could possibly grow your business. Head on over to jportnoy.com, J-P-O-R-T-N-O-Y.com. You'll find all the different ways you could work together. It's going to be the best business decision you'll make. So hope to speak soon. Head on over to jportnoy.com, book that free game plan call, and I look forward to talking to you soon.